Uh, okay, your serious question. Sorry. It was going to be like, what do you? What's your advice to somebody trying to set some new moonshot goal? But I don't even care anymore. <laughs> what's your advice? Her. Great. You. We we want to know the Bieber <laughs> listeners need to know how do I stop sucking. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the BQ Moonshot Podcast. I'm Jacob. I'm Lydia. And I'm Paul. BQ Moonshot is a show dedicated to building, gathering, and sharing inspiration for marathon training and running. How's everybody doing? Well, we are a little jealous and angry with you right now. Why? Because there's a constant thread, text thread going on where you are posting you know, that you need gloves and, um, you know, that you're running in tights, long tights and long sleeves. And so you're a little, you're being a little annoying. Do you feel a difference? Like, do you feel fitter than you thought? Um, I don't know. But workout, I would say yes. I guess we'll see how the long run workout goes tomorrow or Sunday. Yeah, that's that's it. You probably, I think you should just aim for Sunday. But, yeah, I'm planning on it. Yeah. Um, um, so yeah, yeah the workout. I, yeah, the I'm workout sorry. went well this week, right? Yeah, it went really well. Six by a mile. Uh, well, I told Lydia I was just picturing her um, running in front of me with her calm down hands. Um, yeah, it was six by a mile. Supposed to be. 705 on down and I started at 651 mm-hmm. and had a real pretty graph going that up graph to 614. Yeah, that you ran really well. Yeah, that, I mean I I don't think you've ever run 6 miles like that. I don't think so. So, and I was supposed to be taking 90 second breaks and the last one was like 98 seconds, but Oh, you ruined the whole workout. I mean, (laughs) no, because I was like, even if I added eight seconds onto the mile, I'd still be happy. So I was, it was fine. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, How's Jacksonville, you guys? Chill? Hot. Cool? Easy breezy? Honestly, I thought yesterday was bad. And even though the temperature was, the feels like temperature was better today. It was probably the toughest day I've had this year so far. It was interesting, though. I went at 8, and I honestly think it was probably a little better because it was a little less humid, and I was able to run in the shade, so it was nice and breezy. Um, So I slept in and didn't pay for it today. That's I've been sleeping in every day. My last seven days is nine and a half hours average of sleep a night. Yeah. Professional sleeper. She is. She, she, if professional, if sleeping was her was her job, oh my god, she'd be would be millionaires. I wouldn't have to work. So, you yeah. got to figure that out. I do. How can you get paid to sleep? Yeah. Um. So we have a special guest today, right? Yep. Lydia, do you want to talk a little bit about her before she comes on? Yes. 
we have a special guest. She is all of our very close friend. And she has been someone I've run with since I started running in 2012. Um, I guess we started running together at 2013. I used to beat her sometimes in races. But I've gotten old and gray since those days. Super fast. <laughs> Um, Kelsey Beckman, dietitian, um, race extraordinaire, um, qualified for the Olympic trials in 2020 um, with a 244 at California International Marathon. At the time, I thought, I cannot believe Kelsey Beckman just ran 244. Now, fast forward, they changed the times. They say, you need to run 237. And she says, you know, hold my beer. And now she's Kelsey Pontius because she married the lovely Cody Pontius. And she just ran 234 at Houston Marathon in 2022, which is so interesting because to me, that's just, it just shows how far we've come. I think the average, I could be wrong. I think the average pace of that is 555. And something crazy. When we were running together, you know, that was our 5K pace, not even. Um, in 2013 and she's just steps up her game every every year but i think it's very like eight years is not a short amount of time right nine years she's just level like she just has continued to to level up you know she started pretty young you know as she Uh was a soccer player uh d1 soccer player um and then, you know, when I was running with her, she was running 5Ks, definitely a newbie like me. We were both just new. Um, and I feel like she just continuously levels up. I mean, she was going yeah. to school. She was doing her internship um, for dietetics. And she just, I don't know. She just every, it was like once you think, gosh, she broke 18 minutes. Oh, well, check that off the list. Now I'm going to break 120. Oh, check that off the list. Now I'm going to run 116. Check that. It was just, she just, and I think that's what we should talk with her about today is, you know, you have these moonshots, but then what do you do after that? And she's Mm -hmm. somebody that's continuously given herself a new moonshot or a new, Mm -hmm. you know, really big goal. Um, It's one of the things I absolutely love about her. She's as confident as hell, which I think is so something we all wish to have is confidence. And she's just confident and, you know, oh, tell me I got to run 237. Yeah, right. she's confident and not cocky. No. Yeah. Which is a delicate balance. Yes, definitely. She just believes yeah. in herself. And I think she's yeah. just one of those people that she sets, oh, I want to run sub 17. Now let me do the work to do it. Okay. You know, and now all of a sudden, all of a sudden, sub 17 is a disappointment. You know, now it's like she wants to do 16, 20. So it's just, just seeing somebody keep push themselves is really admirable yeah like everyone though it hasn't all been plain sailing too like she's i'm sure she'll talk about some of the injuries she's kind of had that kind of had set her back and there was a moment there where she probably thought she may never run again um it'd be interesting to kind of hear some of that as well because you know most of us whether we're her level or not um are going to deal with some type of injury and sometimes it's good to hear how someone gets through those hard times when you know when we if we end up having to go through one of those times ourselves so yeah i remember 
uh, she was having this foot injury um, before she qualified for the Olympic trials the first time. And I remember I was in the Hawkers park and parking lot and she, I just texted her and said, are you okay? And she said, no. And I called her and she was sobbing. I mean, sobbing. And the doctor had told her she'll never run again, that she had a deformity in her foot and, you know, and she had gone to, I can't remember if it was Duke or, you know, she went away to like the doctor who was supposed to know. Um, and he basically Oy. said, she's not going to be able to run again. Um, and so she, yeah, she's had her fair share of, of hard times. Um, she doesn't give up. That's, that's just something about her that's so admirable. Cool. Cool. Awesome. Yeah. She should be on any minute. One of the things I will say about Kelsey that, you know, I think sometimes people don't see, and this doesn't have to be an elite athlete. This can be athlete of any level, but she does all the things that you're supposed to do. And you don't have to be an elite athlete to make time for those things. Um, obviously she is a dietitian, so she's really dialed into the nutrition piece, which is so huge. Um, she does San Marco strength, strong strength, strengthening, strength training. Um, <laughs> A couple of times a week, um, she's always doing, you know, her warm-up drills, her therapy, and all of that stuff. And that's the kind of stuff you just don't see behind the scenes, um, you know. And she also things. gets weekly or probably three or four times a week massages from her husband. Yeah, but I think you know anybody at any level can do those things. Maybe not get massages by your husband. I can't do that, but well, um, you got one this week. Thank you very much. I'm just kidding. But I just keep it just, clean, you guys. Don't make me put the explicit <laughs> rating. But I think that that's something that, you know, if you're a new runner or you're someone that you call yourself, quote, slow, um, you kind of you just may not put as much emphasis on those things. And mm-hmm. you know, that really can make a big difference um, in your training to just spend up, you know, like Meb Kofleski always says. It's better to run one mile less to have time to do all of those other little things. Um, so, Jacob, when, how, when was the last time you did some of those little things? Paul, Jacob's been going to the gym. I've been going to the gym twice a week for like eight weeks. I know. What about the what about the clock warm ups and like you know what about what all about the what all the warm ups and stuff? I do them when my coach does them. I do. Them. <laughs> Hey, Scout. Hi. Hi, Scout. Oh, she can't hear you. You say, hey, Hi. Hi, How you doing? <laughs> Little Scouty Scout. Where are we? Um, where are we? Where are we? I don't know. Hey, Cal. We're in Scotson. Oh, hey. <laughs> All right, you get out of here. Okay. What's up, KP? Nothing too much. I thought I was going to get to talk to Scout. I thought that's oh, why well, she, she was can't. here. Well, she, she can't, she can't hear because the headphones are in, and I'm not going to mess everything up for we that. We can't have Scout steal the show. A little beast. We won't have a podcast. It'll be the Scout podcast going forward. I don't hate yeah. that. <laughs> what do you do to your hair, Kelsey? You can look all done up and ready to like go out on a date or something. This is off-season, Kelsey. Oh, sweet. Perfect. She dressed up for us. Yeah, I did. That's it. That's it. Only my best. Okay, KP. Well, we already introduced you 
we trashed you, we slammed you, we dragged you under the bus. Yeah, well, Jacob and I did, and then Lydia stepped in and told about all the good things. Cleaned so, it up a little bit. Thanks. Well, Kels, um, as you know, this you've listened to some of the podcasts, right? I'm an avid listener and fan <laughs> of the podcast. Okay, so we know you're a dietitian, and we want to talk a little bit about that, but I think what we really want to try to focus on is you've had this I mean, I feel like you've been running for 20 years, which, you know, it hasn't really hasn't been that long, but I feel like your moonshot has kind of changed um, from when you first started in, you know, 2011, 2012, something like that, right? Something like that, yeah. Yeah, and then now you've, like, qualified for the Olympic trials twice and, like, like a boss just took, you know, nine minutes or whatever it was off your PR, and so... I guess the first thing is, you know, maybe just talk to us a little bit about how you got started in running and because I know you were a soccer player and kind of just tell us about that evolution. Yeah. Um, so after I was done playing soccer, I started working at Lululemon because I felt like I had a ton of time as a college student that wasn't a student athlete. And so I was just trying to like build time and meet people. I was used to having built-in friends being on a soccer team. And then I, when I wasn't on a team anymore, I was like, wait, I don't have friends. And so <laughs> um, I started working at Lululemon, made friends really quickly. And Maria Kugler and Kyle Kugler invited me to a 50K. And so I said yes without understanding how many miles that was. And we were out there doing the race and somewhere so on the did course. It. Yeah, you I did, did the it. race. You didn't just watch. Okay. We went oh, to do oh, the race. I don't, I hate to interrupt you. <laughs> you never did a 5k or anything before this? Maybe in high school. Like, like a, a fun th- thing or something? Yeah, like a fun run. But okay. I think I did one run for the pies when I was in middle school and I hated it. Okay, so gotcha. your first you went race. from five k to fifty k. <laughs> you went from zero k to fifty k. Explains a lot. Okay. So okay, we did the fifty k. I mean, who's surprised? I got lost on the course. Who's <laughs> <laughs> surprised? Um, but out there, I not only discovered that I loved running, but I I love to compete out there around like mile. 20 or so, I'm like, oh, I can run people down and this is fun. So I kind of had the bug after that. And then when we got home from the 50K, started signing up for local races. Um, That very next year, I think, is when Lydia and I ran our first race together, um, the Subaru. And she passed me um, and I was wearing, you know, probably my fanny pack and my pants. And then Lydia kept passing me and probably thinking to herself, if you quit wearing that fanny pack with all your snacks in it and holding your iPod. <laughs> Not that there's anything wrong for anybody. No, I do have a any quick thing from that race, though, because just full circle how you're honest about our snacks. Kelsey, like I knew she was fast and she took a, I saw her take a gel at mile six and I had never taken a gel. And so I got one and I was like, well, if she's going to take a gel, I'm going to take a gel. So I took a gel, and then that's when I passed her, and it's like probably the last time I ever beat Kelsey in a race, but all about the No, you did again in a marathon, but yeah, so after that, I got a coach, and I think the rest is history. Gotcha. 
So what was your first, like, I mean, we're talking about moonshots, right? So something big. So what do you think is, was your big first kind of like moonshot kind of goal that you set for yourself? Yeah. Like when you realized I can do something here. Yeah. I think that I was honestly trying to qualify for the Olympic trials the first time. Um, That was something that I wanted so badly. I'd failed at it. You have to wait four years to try again. So going for a BQ and everything, I mean, people that struggled throughout the pandemic and everything, they might feel a little bit the same that they had to wait so long to attempt again. Um, But after failing the first time I had to wait. Um, And so retrying and kind of that pace being daunting at the time of saying, how the heck am I going to put 26 together? Okay. So with that, so when you were going, because we talked a little bit about this in the intro about, you know, that you have had injuries and you had a rough time and you kind of finally came out of, out of that. But when you were going for that Olympic trials time, you had, you were dealing with a lot of injuries at that time. Right. And so how did you kind of, like, I always thought it was so admirable how you just, like, you just kept going for it. Like you were just, not like you were just trying to run through pain, like you were getting treatment and all of that, having, not getting any answers and all of that. But like, how did you stay so um, like on task? That's a really good question. And I would never do it again. <laughs> uh, <laughs> run through that much pain again, um, because the other side of that took a very long time to correct. But um, I think that I like was trying to take it one day at a time. Right. And so I had a lot of hope. I think that that injury would get better and I never gone through an injury before. And so I couldn't really know the signs of something that's like, Ooh, maybe you should rest for two days and knock it out versus I think I was so hopeful that it would just eventually go away. And so maybe there was like a little bit of ignorance is bliss part of it too. Um, And I think too, I thought every new provider and treatment I was going to get was going to be magical, which was in a way good because I was like, to feed in and everything that I did. Um, And I think too, I had a lot, I was hopeful that like with um, tapering and stuff for the race, because I had dealt with that since like September or maybe even August and then the races in December. So that's a really long time to run on an injured foot. Um, that, That one or two weeks of tapering was going to help the foot that I had ran on for multiple months and then I'd get through the race and take a rest and then it would be better. So I think it was like a lot of wishful thinking and being hopeful. Um, and crazy enough, I don't remember any pain during the race, although I had ran for months on it and there was not one run I ran in those months that was pain-free in my head, the race was pain-free. So it's amazing. Like what the body right. and adrenaline and everything can do. I think that's the first time I've ever heard you say say that about the race, like where you didn't yeah. feel any pain. So that's pretty, it was, you know, fate, I guess. I'll never forget Paul's on the bike on that day. And I was, you know, 10 minutes back, but he kept coming back and updating me on, he's like, Kelly, she's, Kelsey's still on it. She's still on it. It was like fueling my race because she's like, she's still, she's going to get it. She's going to get it. It was fun. So what was the, um, what race did you qualify for the 20, the 2020 trials at? California International. Oh, you did. Okay. And that time was 244? Mm -hmm. Yep. Just right under it. And the crazy thing, I think, Kelsey, you can probably speak to this more than I can, Diane can, even though I saw you in the pack, but 
it was a pretty amazing day with a bunch of people, right? Like, can you talk a little bit about what that kind of felt like? Yeah, it's my, like, honestly, my favorite day, I think as a, as a female runner, well, the females on the course were amazing. But honestly, then I fell off with um, that pack eventually around like mile 20 or 21. And um, I have to say that like men on the course were really, really great about like that were just catching up were really great at like, picking women up and being like, Hey, you fell off the pack, but you're still on pace. So quit what get like your head out of your butt and keep running because, um, even though you fell off pace, you're still in this. Um, but running in that pack was incredible because I think that we all work together. There's something really beautiful about being a little bit more on the sub elite side because nobody's racing for money at that point. We're all mm-hmm. racing to get a time. And so in that pack, if the girl that I'm running next to gets the time, that doesn't mean that I can't get the time. Whereas when you're racing for prize money, it's like only only me or her are going to get it. And so I'm racing her. So it was a really cool opportunity to work together. And so not growing up running, that's not something that I've ever had before to be able to work together as a team with essentially strangers. And yeah. um, I think to their there was like different roles for different women in the group. There was definitely someone, it was her attempt for qualifying for her fourth Olympic trials. And she was kind of the mom. So whenever we'd be um, rolling a little bit quicker, she would say to us like, Hey, that's cool. If you want to roll quicker, but I promise you, I'm going to qualify and I'm going to run like a 243 or 244. So you roll if you want to, but um, I'm going to do it and I'm going to do it consistently. And so when I was getting a little bit, you know, spicy going down the hills. And she said that I was like, I'm going to listen to her because she has tons of experience. That is amazing. <laughs> yeah. I wish I could be that badass at anything. Right. I mean, the crazy I'm gonna thing do is it, I... so come with me if you want to join me on this. <laughs> yeah. Right. The, cra- the crazy thing is I think Romka said this, he, his pack was of guys who were going for 219 were, were something like a hundred. Do you remember roughly you know, how many people, I mean, when I saw you, it was a little way on, so there wasn't a hundred people, but do you remember roughly how many people were there trying to? Yeah, I'd say at one point we were like 20 deep. Um, and we were a little bit, like I said, I fell off with like a 10 K to go. So we were probably a little bit ahead of schedule, which is why it maybe wasn't as thick as some of the other packs, but it was still a pretty thick pack. So you, you fell off at 20, uh, sorry, when? 21. Yeah, around mile 20, mile 21. But you you fell back in it then, obviously. We were a little ahead of pace. So the pace was okay. 6.17 that year, and we were probably rolling like six, 6.10s or so, 6.15s. Uh-huh. And so we were averaging a little bit quicker. So I had a little bit of time in the bank. Um, and then that last 10K, like I died, but I didn't die too hard. And there was a moment where I thought that I wasn't going to get it. And then this yeah. man, this is actually, this actually happened to me in Houston too. So all everybody listening that picks somebody up at the end of a race, like bless you. Um, this guy passed me and he was like, you're still on sub 245 pace. And, but he was like, you can't run this fast. You have to run faster. And so he was um, just had me tuck in and I finished the race with him. That's amazing. Yeah. Do, do you have, so that sounds kind of like serendipity, but did you have any mantras or anything or anything you thought about to prepare you for moments like that in case they came? Not at that time. That wasn't something that I think like was in my toolkit at that time. Uh-huh. I've worked on that since. Um, 
I actually, during CIM, you're going to laugh. My sister, she rented a bike to um, bike beside me during the race and she was just pointing out cute dogs. And so I think for like, (laughs) from like mile zero to mile 20, that really kept me happy and energized. And then the last 10K was honestly a death march um, Uh if I've ever had one, but um, since then we've, we've worked on that toolkit a little bit better, <laughs> but let me just say something about you, Kelsey. Kelsey has this most fearless, like she can be looking like she, like, oh, she's about to fall off the rails. Like she will, can look like she is dying. And it's like, you can go somewhere that a lot of people can't go. Like you can hurt like you have the ability to hurt. I mean, I think that's what we all need to have a little more of, but uh-huh. I just, she just has this way of like the Mandarin 10 K. I'm like, she's done at mile four. And then she's like speeds up. I'm like, how does that happen? It's so good. It's so good. Thanks, Led. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I know that your BQ, well, you're not your BQ, but your moonshot was to qualify again for the trials. So do you have a new moonshot? I think I know what it is, but I don't want to. Oh, I don't know what it is. Well, I think that we all want to get faster at all of the distances. So I don't know that there's one that speaks to me the most, but I think that what excites me the most, other than like just going through the process of training and um, getting better is I think the first time I went to the trials, it was more about proving it to myself that I could, get there in the first place yeah um but i think for competing in the 2024 um trials is to do just that to be able to compete and um be recognized as like one of the top female runners in the country um and you know see how well i can hang with those top women because we don't know what that field's going to look like if it's going to be smaller um if it's going to be 100 women is it going to be 200 women is it going to be 500 again because everybody kind of answers to that challenge but i think that um just going and competing and um proving to not only myself but um everybody else i'm competing with that um i belong there and i'm going to compete with them and if they have a bad day i'm going to get them well, that's and I wanted to, that's something I wanted to ask you about. And because I feel like one of the things that you do really well and you have done, you know, I've been watching you since you started running fast. Um, I always feel like you have this confidence that you do belong, whether it's, you know, when we were running in the elite race for the pies back in the day, or you're going to the, you know, half marathon championships where, you know, on paper, you may be towards the bottom of the list or, um, but you never seem to go into a race or a workout with that kind of, oh, I'm just here to, I feel like you always are bringing, like, I'm here and I belong and you have this confidence about you. Like, where do you think that comes from? Because that is not very common. And you can't teach that. You can't, like, that's nothing. I don't think it's very coachable. Like you, Someone can't coach you to be better at that. Yeah. I don't know because like in soccer, I really, that was something I struggled with was confidence. And so it's kind of funny that I was able to like have a little bit more of it in running. I think that it really does come from, maybe that I'm not confident, but I'm also not scared to blow up. I think, yeah. um, and I, you guys have both watched me blow up and fail and blow up in the middle of the track and get lapped and, you know, be trying to run, you know, sub 17 and run, 
1945, um, tried to qualify for the Olympic trials um, and run 243 and run 252. And so I think that it more comes from knowing that you'll get another opportunity and, you know, in order to, to reach new levels, you have to put yourself out there. Um, and a part of that is going to be, you know, being on a sinking ship. And so once you get over that and get over, you know, what people are going to think of you, um, and most of the time it's not as bad as what you think, then I think that it's easier to put yourself out there um, because you're not so worried about, you know, you failing or what people are going to think of you or if you're going to be deemed a bad runner because everybody understands. Once uh-huh. you have done so many races, people understand you have bad days. You're not, unless, you know, it's almost suspicious if you don't have bad days. Sure. Well, that's what I heard. I heard, and I I think you, I may have said this to you the other day, but um, I heard that's what Sarah Hall was talking about, that that's been, that was her turning point when she, you know, because she was kind of a 236 marathoner for a while. And then she said, I learned that just to not be scared to fail, that people love me no matter what. And that was kind of what gave her the freeness to, to go for it. And I think that is how you kind of approach things. I do feel like you are not afraid. Like you are so gutsy and that's, that's so hard to do. But I think it, like you said, like, yeah, you blow up, but it, it pays off and you run 114, you know, because you put yourself up with it. There were those girls and you're like, hey, I made it here too. And I think that's a lesson for everybody, no matter if you're trying to go for Boston or the Olympic trials. I mean, I was telling them it's funny. I was talking about your um, Houston race, which was where you ran 234. And I was like, right. that, you ran the pace that we used to run the 5Ks at. And it's just, it's so cool to like think about that. I mean, that was, yeah, it's eight years ago, but it's not that long ago. You know, right. it just shows like all the things that happen to get to like where you are running 234. Yeah, for everybody listening, she also, we're focusing a lot on her marathon times, but she did just run a 114 half marathon at Grandma's in Duluth. And and she and was, <laughs> it all. was not your uh, yeah most um, uh, optimal uh, training period you've ever had. But again, in your life. that's a perfect example. I was shocked. But that's a perfect <laughs> example, though. Like she has had everything going against her with not sleeping. I mean, when I say not sleeping, like literally not sleeping, and you know, kind of, and you know what you feel like when you're not sleeping. It's not just that you're tired; you feel sick you feel blurry you feel like you can't think and then but I feel I still feel like she texts you know I'm watching this race of her negative splitting and running 114 and it's like you step to the line and you're like let's go I mean you are like the epitome of a moonshot I mean I think though I actually thought about this when you said it the other week I forget whose podcast it was but it was ours probably most well, likely this one. <laughs> Wait, time out. I have to tell you guys this, that I've been listening to your podcast and it's low-key annoying because y- your voices are so familiar to me and I can even guess some like some of your responses sometimes. And so it feels like I'm on a run with you guys sometimes and then you guys like muted me and I'm like having my own thoughts and I want to respond. But <laughs> like, said it was like... She told me it was like she was practicing not being able to talk, practicing to be a good listener. She's like, because I want to, I can't talk back. And you guys can't know my opinions. And it's hard. 
Yeah. It's harder for me when you don't know my opinions. And so <laughs> well, you guys unmuted me for an hour today. This is your well, time. Well, feel free to uh, feel free to make comments on our podcast. Okay, I this will make your... comments. Oh, so are you the one who gave us the one star rating then? No, but I will leave you a one star review. <laughs> so if if I have to, and so story for another time. But okay. Um, no, I would never. I think it's great. That's why I listen. I've like listened to almost <laughs> okay. all of them. Enough, enough. Okay. So, Back to you. <laughs> no, I heard you, Lydia, saying that you had a short buildup for um, something like a seven for um, Louisiana. And, but it wasn't about that one buildup, right? It's the years and years of cumulative training. So when you're in a block, it's so easy to be like, how did this block go? Was this block good? Was it bad? Did I nail every workout? Did I have more workouts than good work or more good workouts than bad workouts? But it's just like your body starts to understand the pace and kind of in the effort more. And we always talk about this training in Florida that your body doesn't know what pace you're running. It just knows the effort. And so the more you can kind of hone in on these efforts and um, stack seasons on seasons. Um, when you have these little challenges in in a buildup, I think that was the biggest lesson I learned this season that I scaled back my training, I modified it a lot. And I had to do a lot of things that would lend itself to not having the best confidence going into a race that I wanted to run well in. But it really, it was the seasons and seasons of training and not like the months of training right before the race, that was the most helpful. so does that ever get to you when people are like this thought just occurred to me and maybe it's wrong but when like oh my gosh you did it how how magical that you got that um otq again that's amazing so lucky i don't i don't know if anybody has said that to you or not but do you ever want to be like it is not it's not luck it's maybe a tiny bit of luck sometimes but it's like blood sweat tears work for a long time Yeah, I think that it's more to that. I don't know. I think that luck does go into it. Like I had a good day at Houston in good condition and I had a tailwind the last 10K, but I also had a headwind for that same amount of distance at one point of the race. But I do think that like, again, it goes into like putting yourself out there. You don't get lucky if you don't put yourself out there from time to time and you're going to get unlucky too. And so remembering that about luck, that it's like an opportunist type thing. And Mm -hmm. so even if um, for one performance, they're like, okay, you're not really a 234 marathoner. I struggle with that thought of thinking you had a tailwind the last 10K. You're not really a 234 marathoner. Um, But I also know in my heart that like, okay, but you're not that far off either. Even if you're not a 234 marathoner Mm -hmm. and you just weathered the storm, that's a part of racing. And that's something that, when I was so concerned because there were 30 mile per hour headwinds right before, um, for Houston, um, that the wind goes both ways and something that like Keith Brantley say, I won't say exactly what he said, because I don't know if profanity is allowed on this podcast. So I'll see this, <laughs> but, um, <laughs> Keith was like, quit worrying about time trialing and just race it. And uh-huh. so, um, that was something that I think that it could have gone either way. I could have raced it and it could have been a 244 and that could have been the best I had that day. But I think that you know, if you go into it and, um, you know, really, really make sure that you're, you're just putting efforts out, then you're going to get lucky sometimes and you're going to get unlucky sometimes. And I think as far as the wind, it's kind of like every race has something, right? right? So every race has either a headwind or a tailwind. Or when I did Louisiana, I had perfect 45 degrees and, you know, 60% humidity, 
but I, it's not like I could say, well, I'm never going to be able to run that again if I don't have those times. Like the marathon's the marathon. If you freaking run 555 pace for the marathon, like you said, you had headwind, you had tailwind, your mind had to show up. Like, I think the luck is kind of how your mind operates on that day. Like, did your mind fail mm-hmm. and freak out because you had a headwind the first 20? No, you were tough and hung on. And then you were able to benefit from the last six miles, you know? So it's almost like, you're going to have some give and take in every race. And I think the fact that you are able to be strong in the hard parts means you can relish for the good parts, you know? Yeah. And you can't fake 26.2 miles, even no, in no like, it's even if you have good conditions, a point to point tailwind, it's still 26.2 miles, which I mean, race completing it is hard. Racing it is hard. Right. So um, even if they say, wow, those are fast times, you know, American record was set on that same day. Um, if you've ever listened to like podcasts on days that were quicker, um, you hear glimpses of people where they were fighting and struggling and yeah. stuff like that. And they still, it's had like, to, like the people, it's like the people who hate Kipchoge for running sub two. Cause he had all the help, but it's like, okay, you go run it then go do it. If you think it's not that hard. Go well, ahead. He set the world record in Berlin and our group, Kim and Keith Brantley and Gabe and all those guys went and they all had terrible days. Um, I think Keith may have had the best day of everybody, but um, they were kind of like, everyone's like, oh, this world record, it's a perfect day. And they're like, it, it wasn't perfect for us. Like we felt that, you know, so it's kind of like, it's just different for different for everybody. Um, so Kelsey, because we talk about like how confident you are and how, you're so strong. Like, what do you, I know you have rough patches cause we've talked about this and you've helped me a lot with this, but what do you kind of, what do you do in a rough patch? You're clearly going to have, you clearly have rough patches. It's not perfect. Um, it's so like, what, what is your, like, what is your tactic on that? What do you do? What do you do? Tell yourself. I think I try to focus on like other ways to get better. Um, so a lot of times I feel like the rough patch comes from like forcing paces, forcing, um, you know, results and stuff like that. And you're so laser focused on like, I can't run this pace. I, you know, can't accomplish this one thing. And so I think that like even working on something and running, because a lot of times I think we think that we have to run to always get better in running. There's something else that we can focus on. And so whether it's your coping skills or maybe it's how you feel your runs, maybe it's your recovery. Um, maybe it's get a little bit stronger, like strength training and stuff like that. I think that kind of, um, working on some other things, there's definitely been some times in rough patches that, you know, it just wasn't appropriate for whatever reason to push my body physically harder to like, just make my body do something. And I needed to get better at, um, kind of the conversation that I was having with myself in my head and stuff like that, because I do think that, and I'd be interested to see what you think, Paul, as a coach, but I think that like your body goes through like natural cycles of like, plateau and um when you're you know kind of peaking and you're you just can't run faster season after season you're gonna have seasons that are kind of like status quo and seasons that are a little bit off and then you have breakthroughs and stuff like that and so you can't always have pr seasons so you have to kind of find the other things and then i think just loving running too like without expectations is really really helpful and knowing that that's a part of the process um is so helpful for the longevity of of being in this sport. Yeah. I mean, I agree with you, Kelsey. No, you can't be PR in every single race you go out, no matter the distance. And sometimes you got to separate your seasons. And I think that's something that you and your coach do really well is that you say, okay, here's a season. We just got done with a half. 
you know, I'm going to take a week or so to kind of take it easy and maybe run, maybe not get, make yeah. your hair look good for a week straight, you know? So well, I'm kind of like in a month now. So let me know if you're concerned about me. No, I'm not concerned. I saw you running this morning. I think I saw you walked up on our porch. So yep, I'm running a little bit. Yep. <laughs> well, you actually were talking about that to me the other day. Cause I'm kind of in a plateau period where I'm kind of like, you know, had a good race year. And then I'm kind of like, not really this year. And you said that to me, you said, well, Lydia, every season of your running can't be the same. And if you just stay running now, you get on the other side and you're still going to benefit from all of this running you're doing, you know? Yeah. So I think it is just like you said, it's like a, a cycle, but if you just kind of stay consistent, enjoy it, like you said, back off, I've backed off, I'm running less. Um, and then hopefully when the season's right, I'll, all this will pay off. Yeah. Yeah. And I think clinging to like holding running a little bit too tightly, um, I think sometimes can can get in your way of it. I, we all love running. That's why we're here. Um, definitely. The whole point of this podcast is like dreaming big, going after your goals sometimes, but just remembering like the other buckets of success. I think it's even more important in the marathon to have like other buckets of success too. Um, that was actually something when we looked at the wind um, as the days got closer to Houston, like I set like three different goals for that race. And um, I mean, one of the goals like had me not even finishing the race so that I could turn around and try again. Um, but running through mile 20 and um, running the best I ever had through mile 20 or staying, you know, on that BQ or not BQ, but OTQ pace um, as long as I could, or, you know, nailing my nutrition. I had like several buckets that I was kind of going for um, just in case that I fell off pace. Like I didn't um, yeah. feel discouraged. So when you got through 20, were you, was it your fastest 20? It probably was, right? It was. I mean, how did you feel in that moment? Um, I remember going through and I was like, it was right at like 157. And I was thinking, um, well, crazy things can happen at a marathon. So many people ask me, like, at what point did you know it, yeah. that you had an OTQ? And I was like, within 800 to go. <laughs> <laughs> um, so... At that point, I was like, okay, you can run a sub 40 minute um, 10K. But I mean, think about it. Even if you're two or three minutes ahead of schedule, if you need to like run a nine minute mile, like, yeah. I mean, it happens. It happens all the time. So you just don't know. Yeah. I remember I was like posting in our Facebook group that day. And I, I had been thinking more like Paul and other friends and Lydia were running that race in Louisiana that same day. And my mind had been more in them, but I was like posting updates to the group about you, Kelsey and everybody else. And like halfway through, I was like, wait, <laughs> wait a minute. Let me figure out what this pace actually is. And you kept hitting it and getting faster. And I remember like posting in the group, like, I don't understand how a person is getting faster at this point. And yet Kelsey's doing Damn. it. And I, 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 I was like posting in that group and I was texting with other people and there were expletives flying everywhere. Like what the Kelsey's going to do it. This is so crazy. We we're all freaking out. Um, That was, <laughs> that was amazing. I think what's cool too about that is because it was kind of like, Oh, Kelsey went from 244 to 234, which obviously is amazing. But I think what is, you know, I was kind of joking before you got on, you know, they changed it from 244 to 237 and Kelsey says, hold my beer. But it was, it really was that <laughs> we all knew that you could do that because like you said, it's, it's not like you've had so many good seasons. And so you've put together all of these good 
training. So it's not like, oh, she ran a 244 and then magically ran a 234 because they invented better shoes. It was like she had done these awesome, just consistent season after season and you just got better and better and better. And then you, you had like luck matches opportunity, whatever, like hard work matches opportunity or whatever it is. And I think that that was just a really good example of that is like, yeah, it's all obviously a huge PR, but it was like, it was, it was like exactly what we thought you could do, you know, which I think is really cool to see that. I like that you guys are more confident than I was. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I I think we all can say that we knew we were in shape to do it. We did not. I mean, I'm going to be honest. I did not think you were going to run 234. I thought you were going to qualify. But I did not think you were running 234. And I thought that even if you didn't do it on that day, it was going to be plenty of other days for you to be able to do it. So that's my two cents to say we we did have the confidence that at some point you were going to run the OTQ. So it was just more like, you know, people that don't see the behind the scenes yes. of somebody that's working really, really hard. Um, they just see the 10 minute PR and it's like, oh, well, yeah. Kelsey's talented or oh, this or whatever. And it's like, no, I've watched her yeah. do all the workouts day in and week in and week out. Take her downtime. Um, I think that's something that's really you do well. Um, go to the gym. Like you do all the things. And I think that's just like for the purpose of this podcast of like, if you're going for something big, it's not magic. It's not luck. It's, it is a lot of, lot of work. And I think, you know, us being able to witness that, um, I mean, it rubs off on me. I mean, you helped me so much and in, in my marathon and Jacob, I know you help him so much too. Um, Paul, I don't know, but. Hey, I ate snacks on my last one. <laughs> I'm so proud. I did um, eat snacks. I will say that Lydia missed me at mile three with my gels because she was too busy looking at Ryan Obernier and, and Stephen Weiss and totally missed me. And so that's why I didn't eat one extra snack. It all makes sense. Yep. No, I'm, I'm, I'm deleting that. that. I'm deleting okay. that. Okay. Uh, okay. Kelsey, I'm sweating remembering uh, the week of the Houston Marathon. <laughs> I knew you were a little worried about the wind. And then I was looking at that one weather app and I was like, Kelsey! The forecast is so much better. And you were like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, it is. And then like two minutes later, you were like, Jacob, you sent me the wrong date. You sent me the weather for the wrong date. And I was like. Don't say what weapon emojis I also said. I, well, I, I don't even remember. I could, I have no idea what you sent back because I was in a coma. Right. I got my hopes up because I'm bad at technology in general. And so I just always assume that I'm wrong when something like that happens. And so I'm like, great. I was looking at the wrong day. Nope. Not surprised. I get Me lost looking at the wrong day. day. And so I believed you that I've been looking at the wrong day. And then, yeah, I was nuts. The day before the race, I ran with one of my girlfriends and we both lost our hats. Like we couldn't run. We ran like 930 pace, whatever direction we tried to run. And so it was nuts. Sorry about sorry about that. He, he Jacob came to track on Wednesday morning and he was like, you would not believe what I text Kelsey last night. <laughs> it was unfortunate. It worked out. Yeah. It worked out. Oh, you know what? I did it on purpose to build you up and break you down. And it yeah. worked. So you're welcome. Yeah. Uh, I was just going to say to change directions because I kind of asked at the end of our episode last week, I'm not sure whether you 
who listened or not, but I said, um, Jacob didn't comment because, you know, he doesn't watch the USATF track and field championships, but what was um, your favorite moment race okay. of the world champ, you know, the USATF track champs and, you know, we had our, we basically agreed on the same thing, but same two oh. events, but. I loved Emily Enfield making the 5K team. That was a lot of um, My whole heart. And then um, the men's steeple. Oh, that Evans. was ours. Um, yeah. We said the exact same thing. Yeah, those are the same thing. I just think like, like when, when Lydia talks about like the ability to suffer, I think that's Emily Enfield because like she had to line up on that track and like looked around and been like, wow, like I have a lot of experience, but as far as talent goes, like I wouldn't necessarily say on that track, she's the top three most talented runner out there, especially um, in her last few recent years, like she could have possibly shown up and been like, I don't deserve to be on this team, but I can be like top five or six. Yeah. And I chose her out of like wanting her to be on the team, but I didn't know, I don't know if I would have put money on it. Um, and so to see her like run a mile PR her last mile and just be so gritty and fighting and have no idea she's running a mile PR, just like running as fast as she can. Like that is a level, like five Ks on the track just hurt so bad. And so I can't even imagine throwing down like a four twenty whatever she ran um, the last mile. And they, in that heat either yeah. as your third mile, because like, you know, the heat over time, like it just gets worse and worse yeah. and more depleting and more depleting. So to throw down that time, you she had to have wanted it just so bad. Oh, it was so sweet. So sweet. Oh, well, the next podcast in the podcast series is going to be Kelsey and I are going to do um, a commentary on these championship races. And we're going to give yeah. because we feel like our opinions need to be out in the world because we you guys should record some uh, some audio. Um, because we do uh, the, chance. the whole time. And I feel like we have the right feedback, you know, like would just have run a little faster that last 20 meters. You'd have made the team like it's not. Are you going to be commenting on like nail color? If she would have used the OPI autumn blood. <laughs> Sucker nail polish. Well, because our friend Steph Saddle always posts OPI. Oh. But I made up the color Autumn Bloodsucker. If that's a real color, <laughs> then I don't know what to say. Kelsey, well, I think that's the color you would wear Autumn Bloodsucker. The red nails, the Autumn fall colors. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> I do think that people need to hear our opinions. And I really did think that this was in secret the way that Liddy and I were our big announcement that there would be a sister podcast um to this and I thought that that's why you guys invited me on so that we could make a big announcement so y'all can y'all well, can have your own podcast but you have to edit it and everything like that I'm not I'm not doing another one <laughs> we'll hire someone don't be so okay but, okay but Jacob, life. what are you talking about <laughs> but Jacob you could be the new uh Chris uh Chavez no he just needs to by us <laughs> well, okay before i kelsey i want one more serious question okay i Justin don't know if we've asked this oh taylor swift kelsey <laughs> we've uh, we've had this whole show this is episode nine and 
we haven't talked Taylor Swift versus Justin Bieber. Okay, now no, now you're in it. Let's say you're talking about runners. Do you want are you going to choose a runner who is problematic, has a doesn't win a lot of races, is um trashy, or are you going to choose the runner who like wins awards, is not problematic, very talented, works hard? Which one? Trashy all day. Right. Oh, you're who such has, a liar. Who has the better nail color? <laughs> exactly. Oh. Okay, your serious question. Sorry. It was going to be like, what do you? what's your advice to somebody trying to set some new moonshot goal? But I don't even care anymore. <laughs> what's your advice? Hurt. Great. You... We we want to know the Bieber <laughs> listeners need to know how do I stop sucking? <laughs> okay, Kelsey, what would you say is a is advice for people that are trying to go for a big goal? Two. It's really putting me on the spot here. I think that I think it's what I talked about earlier of not to don't water down your goal go for it but also in it to not put it on the biggest pedestal and even if you don't get it on the first try to believe in yourself enough to know that even though if it's not that day that that doesn't mean that that day will never happen that's good i like that oh thanks kelsey for coming on the podcast yeah we know you uh we could probably talk to you forever so um we'll have to get you on at some other point um or you and lydia can start doing your um commentary podcast yeah around world champs do you have anything on the horizon next or that's like you're not making decisions about your next thing at all right now i actually like today is the first time that my coach would entertain that conversation with me after i sent him my sleep logs (laughs) um (laughs) And so what we're thinking right now is uh, 10 mile champs in October and then um, kind of starting a later fall season and then um, go back to half champs. And then I want to do Houston half. And so probably some like shorter 5k to 10k distances sprinkled in, but that's what I'm thinking for the fall. In Boston. And you're running Boston. Okay. I did decide that I want to do the 5k. Um, (gasps) Boston. Yes, mostly so that I can party and watch you guys run. And I didn't quite accomplish my track and shorter distance goals in the spring. That 5K is so good. You've done it, right? Yes, and I I didn't run well. Example of a perfect day that you don't run well. It was beautiful. It was 50 degrees and sunny, no wind. But um, So I want to revisit some shorter distance goals. Okay, you can lead lead the Jacksonville 5K charge at um, at, uh, Boston. Jacob, no, I'm not. <laughs> that was, was that me? I don't know. Was should I me? No, I just no, 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 no. I, I, if I'm not running the marathon, I'm, I'm there, uh, uh partying. <laughs> well, we're gonna party in the street. I think yeah, that okay. that's because you guys are gonna be stressed all weekend, and I'm only gonna be stressed Friday night. Right. Oh, we won't be stressed. Mm. The race is you make a, is like you make an pod. interesting argument, Kelsey. Just hang out with me more. I've already convinced Steph. <laughs> no, I'm just well, I will say, I'll just, I do want to say to all of the listeners, if you don't know um, 
Kelsey has a very, very good, um, um, she's a dietitian and she does, you know, one-on-one clients and her Instagram is, which we'll put in the show notes is sports dietitian Kelsey. Um, it's a good follow on Instagram regardless. She puts out such good content, TikToks, dance moves, recipes. Um, Mm -hmm. so go check her out. Are you taking new clients right now, Kelsey? They, um, we are as a company, um, and then one-on-one, I have a little bit of a wait list right now until September, but that's enough if someone's trained for Boston to get rolling and, um, you know, work on things that would help. But I was going to say, um, one of the things that I think is so incredible about you is the wealth of knowledge that you freely share on Instagram. Like I had a coworker who's training for her first, um, race of some sort, and she was telling me like these food she's limiting and i was like no 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 <laughs> you go follow sports dietitian kelsey in like five posts she's gonna shut these myths down and she came back a couple days later she was like oh so i i do need to eat rice then right i was like yeah or um, it's like unless you want a stress fracture well i've always right. said that about I, I tell everybody that talks to me about kelsey that i think one of the things that differentiate you from um other, you know, dietitians or nutritionists or whatever is you do put a lot of science out there. And I think a lot of runners are analytical and um, kind of think they know everything and want to know everything. And I think you break it down Mm -hmm. to be very scientific. And I think, I mean, I I appreciate that for myself. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of, a lot of people do. And I think that's, um, that's definitely something that differentiates you from other people. Yeah. Yeah. We all want to why I think like if we can understand why then um, it can be more convincing and a lot of the nutrition information out there it's not for the athlete or for the person that is sweating blood sweat and tears trying to go after their BQ mean shot yeah well like we said thanks Kelsey feel free to uh, run with us sometime soon I will now that my sleep patterns are better that was what I was going to say is you can have me on the podcast but also we can continue these antics on a run. Yes, definitely. Yes. Yeah. And my um, my hydration thing came in. My sweat test. So. I can't wait. I know. They're going to be excited. like, girl, you need to <laughs> swim in some chicken broth. <laughs> girl, I'm losing something in this. All right. Thanks, KP. <laughs> Thanks, KP. All right, see ya. Bye, see guys. Ya. Thank you. Bye. And that's it for the ninth episode of the BQ Moonshot Podcast. As always, I'm blown away by the people that we get to talk to. And even though I feel like I know Kelsey fairly well already, I learned so much from this episode and I know that you did too. Be sure to subscribe, download, rate, and review, and share this podcast wherever you listen. It means a lot to us. In the next episode, we'll be speaking with Olympian Todd Williams. Make sure you Google that name beforehand so that you can get the backstory on his incredible career. You do not want to miss it. Now, if you haven't already, get out and go for a run.